Welcome to True Talk on WMNF 88.5 with Ahmed and Samar. On today's program, I'm going to be speaking to a special guest about the aftermath of Hurricane Ian and what she had gone through. Um, I'll reveal who that guest is after this short music break. Um, so we'll be right back. This is True Talk on WMNF. Stay tuned. Wow. 
الدنيا طبقات ومعروف شكون عفات الرجال والسقاط والمرقود والملقاط وانا ماني دوني انتوما اللي مداري الله يكون في عوني والدنيا دواري ونسيت اللي نسوني والناس الغداري وينهم اللي حبوني هرق الحب وسكاري Welcome back to True Talk on WMNF 88.5 with Ahmed and Summer. Summer um, is actually today, is she's my guest on the program, even though she's my co-host, but for today she is my guest. And this is, uh, you like this song, Summer? Yeah, it's by a Tunisian rapper, one of my favorites, uh, Balti. Um, yeah, you said you love it? Yeah, I do. It's very nice. I love it. What, do you like the beat? This melody? The beat and the words. The words, yeah. The and words uh, The words are not uh, some of them. It says uh, the lovers are sukara. They're drunk, but I think with love. Sukara. So it's a halal song. Yeah. They're drunk with love. Because uh, love can make you f- act like you're drunk. Mm. Right? Like you're not aware of your senses. Oh, so they you say love what? is blind. <laughs> so you know what uh, being drunk is as a Muslim? No, I know what being in love is, or at least I thought, okay. or I think. Okay. Ahmed. It's such a deep conversation to talk about. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about it? love, uh, you and I, but or what love means. Uh, in Arabic, there's many words for love. Oh my gosh. In Arabic... Uh, like what, how many words can you name? Hub. غرام 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 از طبعا اوكي حب غرام عشق هوا وداد وداد ودود نو از بينج نايس تو سمبدي يو كان بي ودود نو الله از ذا ودود اتس ذا لافينج الودود الودود بس الودود ان اير الوده الوده الموده ذاتس وات اي مين الموده الموده از ديفرنت از بينج كايند اند وات Riyah. 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 What is Riyah? Wind. Mm. Comes from Ruh, which is soul. So Al Mawadda, affection. Affection. I guess being yeah, affectionate is a type of. But it can be to be affectionate uh, not to somebody, somebody that you have a relationship with, as in love, as your lover or your husband or your other. Half or whatever. Al-mawadda. You can have mawadda uh, between uh, you and your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who is in need. So you do mawadda. Because in the, actually in the Quran also describes that the, that God created between spouses, like I think, rahma mawadda. Mercy and, and affection. And affection. That's why they also say it's love. Affection no, is a type the, of love. 
Yeah, but when can you, you be affectionate one, with someone you're not in love with? Of course. How? You can be affectionate. Affection is kind of a no in the Arabic language. If you want to say, it's not just being nice. Mawadda. So okay, in a marriage, like in the Quran, it says you have to have rahma wa mawadda between the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. So what, the, like, if you translate it to English, you have to have mercy. What? People may misunderstand. Here are the synonyms of affection. Fondness, love, liking, endearment, feeling, sentiment, tenderness, warmth. So love is one of the synonyms of affection. Okay. And in, uh, I, gonna, I thought you were going to be interviewing me. Right. Well, I'm giving your opinion You're about love. You're not listening to me. Right. Well, I don't. I have, it doesn't even have to agree with you. I haven't finished my. خلاص. Uh, Your thoughts. <laughs> I forgot. Okay. Um, so, when it says in the Quran, because for instance, on my wedding, mm-hmm. the invitation, right. there is a quotation of the Quran, "Wajalna bainakum rahma wa mawadda," something like that. So, mercy. What does mercy mean? If somebody says, "Oh my gosh, her husband is supposed to be merciful," why is he going to beat her? Yeah. No. Mercy is um, in uh, in in bad times, in when one is sick or one is uh, hospitalized or uh, whatever, incapacitated to have rahma, to be merciful, to be kind, to be affectionate. The word mm, that you want. I looked this up. Okay. And mawadda. Mawadda, what if there is no love anymore? The mercy is there to keep it. That's what I heard a sheikh one time say, the reason there is love and mercy because the love goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And the mercy is there to keep it intact until the love returns. Or, you know, because sometimes, or even if it doesn't return. Yeah, but I you don't. want to stay. I mean, but you want to stay t- together for yeah. because of the mercy. Because you have, let's say, children. But you know. And there is no, you just don't love each is other Is that anymore. convenience? Or is it mercy? Because I think once you don't have any mercy for it, like if you're no longer in love, so then, or you don't have that love at that time, you're angry. You well, have to be you merciful. You have to be merciful. Because exactly. if you don't have that, then you're vindictive. Then you'll destroy everything, right? Um, I looked it up online because, you know, of course, you can Google anything. How many words uh, are there for love? And the British Council, surprisingly, the British Council is saying, I guess because I Googled in English, or search in English, says there's 11 words. And then this other uh, website, said, which is called Stepfeed, uh, said there are 14 stages of love, according to the Arabic language. Uh, Al-Hawa, attraction. Al-Sabwa. Al-Saba. Al-Saba? Yeah, it's like being young. and Amusement. Oh. Al-shagaf, Shagaf. Al-shagaf, passion. Al-wajd, preoccupation. Wajdan. Uh-huh. Some people's names, uh, women, are wajdan. Wajdan? So yeah, then it's a preoccupation? A to yeah. be a preoccupied? Yeah. Al-kalaf, infatuation. Uh, Al-ushq. 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 Adulation. Al-najwa. What is it? Says here, like when you love somebody and he doesn't love you back, or she doesn't love you back, and najwa, and then uh, it's another name for women, najwa. Yeah, I have a have a a cousin named uh, najwa, Najwa. but in in Egypt they call it najwa. Najwa. 
Because in Egypt, they um, made the ja a ga. Al-shawq, longing. Longing for someone. Al-wasab. Al-wasab. I have no idea. Excruciating pain. Why would why would Arabs get to the really really in love with get to level nine excruciating pain? Oh my god! And then a pain and illness in this stage. Love is just not healthy. There's so much pain and suffering. It's the stuff of epic love poems. See how difficult it is to learn Arabic. This is why. Yeah, yeah, uh, I guess love in Arabic is complicated. (laughs) So what what other words? Um, Al-istikana. al Ah, this is good. Submissiveness. Yeah. And then they write, I repeat, not healthy. This is the state of humiliating and blind submission we often see in detrimental relationships. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, al-wud, al-wud, friendliness. Couples who have reached this uh, degree of love are relationship goals, they are not only lovers, but our best friends. Al-Khulla? No, that's when they separate. No, not Khulla. Al-Khulla. They don't have the actual Arabic letters, so I'm just reading the transliteration. Uh, unification. al I really don't. Is defined as a love and friendship that uh, are ingrained deep in the heart. Al-Gharam. Oh, okay. That's good. Fervor. Uh, most our songs in Arabic has the word Al-Gharam. Wal-Ishq. Yeah. wal And this one, Al-Huyam. Yeah, that's when you're madness. In- infatuated. Yeah, this is and him refers to a madness and sandy caused by excessive love. So basically, this is when lovers lose all senses of reason and go absolutely nuts. That's like Majnun Layla, the uh, the the guy who became crazy because of his love to Layla. Yeah. Uh, because she was like the daughter of the master of a tribe, and he was a nobody. And uh, Majnun Layla, so he was infatuated with Layla. So he reached a level of craziness where he will be telling poetry about his lover, which is a taboo. So he knows that the father might punish him. Mm. Because he is invoking his love publicly in poetry that anybody can repeat. So, huwa majnoon layla. Huyam. Mm. But again, it's the name of a uh, Arabic woman. Hiyam. They don't say it. Huyam. Hiyam. In this, they didn't mention the word hub. Never, yeah. This is 14 stages, but no the, the essence is hub, which is love. But so, the, this is what the British Council, I guess, uh, you know. For non-Arab speakers. No, because I think the British Council is the longest linguistic translation in the in the East. Mm. Since the colonization, the British colonization. So in every co- uh, pre-colonized uh, country, like Egypt, like Kuwait, like any, any place where Britain existed, uh, you will have a British Council. And that's where you have the best translation. We can have a whole conversation about Arabic words and how they're... And they have this uh, description here about some of these things. But one of the things that uh, it says, interestingly, the most common word for love in Arabic is hub. Comes from the same root word as seed. Mm-hmm. Habba. Habba. 
that which has the potential to grow into something beautiful. The word for heart is qalb. Comes, and it comes from the root word of QLB. Qalaba. meaning flip or turn something over. Although the word refers to the physical heart, spiritually the root word becomes appropriate when we think of our hearts as something constantly turning over emotions. Mm-hmm. Decisions and opinions. Be careful to pronounce the first letter correctly, ka, and not ke. Yeah. Like a Q instead of a K. Because if you make it as a K, it means kalb, which translates into dog. Yeah. So, but that's interesting. Like the, yeah. all the words in, in Arabic, Arabic have a root meaning, and it has that root meaning makes sense. So, kalaba means to flip. Yeah, our hearts go back and forth. They, you know, go up and down, they flip over. One day you love something, then, that, you know, later on you don't. If you're angry or you're happy mm-hmm. or uh, you're going through a roller coaster emotion or going through a hurricane, it's your heart that it is beating faster or slower or you feel it. So that that's why, in, you know, studying the Quran is very... Um, is difficult and is easy and is beautiful at the same time because of the root words that Ahmed just mentioned. Because the, if you know the root, hab, mm-hmm. seeds, yes, then you are able to understand the larger meaning of words when they are not describing necessarily the love of the other human, but maybe the love for God or the love for family or love for freedom or love for uh, justice. So, um, in the Quran, Ahmed, it says that you can reach a person's mind through the heart first, Mm. not the mind. Like, I can be telling you, uh, let's say, when you and I used to lecture after September 11. Yeah. It wasn't the brain that had receptors. Mm -hmm. It was the heart. It started with the heart, and then the brain is actually trying to tell the heart not to believe when Ahmed Reich, I always remember your fascinating lecture that you did in a, was it a high school? A Catholic school. A Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And how they reacted to it. Yeah. It was their hearts before their brains. Mm-hmm. Constantly the brain is telling you not to believe, not to listen, not to accept. The brain is skeptical? Yeah. But mm. the heart, once you get to the heart, that's it. That's why people speak to emotions. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, somebody just, actually in, uh, um, who is this? In, in 1991, uh, some scientists said that they discovered something called the little brain. It's actually uh, an intrinsic part of the cardiac nervous system, and they call it the heart brain. It's composed of approximately 40,000 neurons that are alike neurons in the brain, meaning the heart has its own nervous system. So... You know, like, it's interesting because in the Quran it says in parts, uh, some are, and I don't know why we're digressing into something completely different. That's Actually, not about the even, hurricane. We're even getting emails about it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but listen, yeah. in the Quran it has this, uh, where God says they have hearts that don't understand. Yeah. Well, how is a heart supposed to understand? It's a physical, you know, how is the heart supposed to love? It's just a physical flesh. It pumps blood. No. But in this situation, like, or it says, I think in other parts of the Quran, it says they, they have hearts that don't comprehend mm-hmm. that God shut down their, you know, like because of all the bad things that they're doing, 
that they can no longer. The second, uh, yeah, he sealed their yeah, hearts from understanding. Exactly. So it makes people like, people are like, what? How? I thought the brain is the place no, of understanding. It's the heart. But in 1991, they discovered that like the heart has its own little brain, its own nervous system, mm-hmm. own neurons that mimics the actual brain in the head. Two independent, um, like independent, but you know, at the same time they work together. And I guess in some situations they conflict. That's why whenever I used to lecture, I would mm. always start with a joke. Oh, why? Because it kind of, because people are very anxious and there is this Arab Muslim woman. Um, is that your Southern accent? <laughs> no, that's my friend's way of describing me. Because she used to go with me to these uh, events and, you know, they're, They want to be nice and they're anxious and you're talking about Islam after September 11. So they expect me to start by a verse from the Quran or start, you know, very serious or something. And then it ends up with a joke about my husband. And it just cracks them up because it's the last thing they were expecting. And I've never uh, failed in breaking the ice through that. And when they really laugh, I know that that's it. I I have their hearts now, and then I have to work on their minds. Oh, um, maybe you need to. It's called an icebreaker. Icebreaker, heartbreaker, not heartbreaker, but because really, uh, when you read these things, I know I sound too religious, but I'm not. But when you read these things in the Quran, they eventually make sense later on. And this is like what happened uh, during the hurricane. I think we have, you have an email, you are interviewing. Right, so we have an email from David who says, Hi Samar, I was curious about the conditions, how the conditions are now in Port Charlotte after Hurricane Ian, which we're going to get to. Uh, I hope it's mostly getting back to normal for Summer and her family. Uh, that was a scary storm. Regarding your current topic, which was actually not the original topic, but Summer likes to talk about love. Um, are there any good Muslim romantic comedy movies that you can recommend? I mean, are we talking in Arabic or are English. they English? Uh, there are there are romantic comedies oh, that lot. are in Arabic that you can see transliterated, but in English, not a lot. Doesn't uh, YouTube do this uh, automatic kind of translation? If like we give them the names of a few, yeah, I mean, there it can. They're like subtitles. Um, but they can't translate Egyptian jokes. No, they can't. But um, Netflix is now showing there are some original productions from uh, like in, in Arabic, which is also causing some controversy. Because yeah, because they're not comedy. They're well, some of them are comedy. Some like there's one uh, I think about this divorced woman named uh, Ola finding Ola. Ola, oh, okay. Find, it yeah, beca- yeah. It became oh, very popular. Ca- yeah, she came to the U.S. I think. Did she? It's Finding Ola, O-U-L-A, uh, and that woman, she was divorced. Her husband, like her ex, married some younger woman, and then, it, you know, she's going through all these uh, emotions. So I guess that can be, but it's more of a, sh- a series. Um, now, it's interesting because, in you know, Netflix is a streaming, you know, service, and it's completely independent. It's disrupting the whole, you know, um, movie I guess, structure here in America and around the world, but mostly around the world, especially in these Muslim countries. 
and uh, countries where they have uh, censorship syndicates. So, for example, mm-hmm. American movies that go there, they have to go through a process to get approved because, you know, for nudity and um, language and stuff. And oftentimes Or they edit them. They edit them, they, you know, censor mm-hmm. them and block that before they release them. Now, here comes Netflix. They bypass that whole process and they just air whatever they want because it's a membership-based service. They don't need to go to the theaters. You can just get it on your... Uh, iPhone or whatever on your tablet or smart device. So now there are all this genre of um, content in Arabic, in or you know, in the people's language there, produced for the Arab world, and it includes Arab actors in Egypt and other countries that are touching on topics that are not that are foreign to that community. Especially you know, especially when it comes to LGBT uh, issues and showing you know characters who are gay or same sex. Marriages and things, and that's really foreign to that part of the world. So there's a backlash that's happening now, and they're foreign. trying to reel in and and go backwards to hold to say Netflix, you can't just play whatever you want. Foreign doesn't mean it does not exist and it's not there. Maybe the marriage part is not, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a community of people there. But they cannot be. I guess public. what I meant foreign to the. Um, To the uh, to the, uh, to the entertainment day. industry, yeah, exactly, it's something that's they don't I show. I mean, when on. we were young, mm-hmm. there would be like comical comedy, comical Some, figures. Yeah, but figures that when we grow up, we realize. I don't want to mention names, but there is this famous. Uh, he's Egyptian, but originally I think uh, either Lebanese or Palestinian. I'm not sure. So his mannerisms and things seemed funny. Mm-hmm. It wasn't feminine. Yeah, not feminine, but funny. In was that how he is in real life, or that yeah. was just his character? No, no, that was that was. But his character in all the movies world was always like that. Well, uh, but then later on, when we grew up, we when it became okay to talk about these things. Did he come world. out? As no, I think he died before. Uh, it was the time of black and white movies. Yeah, well. I mean, it, it, it's different in that part of the world how they express themselves and their sexuality or you know gender identity. It's not as um, uh, in your it's face. Not, it's not no. as outspoken. It's not as vocal. And I don't know if that's because I'm not sure. It, it may be a combination. I haven't really delved into it, so I don't know. I would just be guessing if that's just because. People are more private about that part of their life. Yeah, because uh, or, or they're just scared to come out and be. It's public a combination about it. of many things. There are certain countries who would uh, un, uh, unlawful. It would be like punished by law. But um, you have to remember that whether you are Christian or Muslim doesn't make any difference. There, these things are. Uh, as a society, as a social norm, is not accepted. Mm. Whether you are uh, that's from, well, that's how it was in America, you know, thirty years ago here. Yeah, this is how things are uh, in that part of the world. We're going. Hey. Okay, so let's go back to our topic. No, this is true talk on yeah, WMNF eighty point five. I wanted you to say well, that. You can't tell me. No. You're a guest today, somewhere. <laughs> no, I can't help it. You can't help yourself, but to no, try wanted, to control. I just want pe- no. I just want people to know who you are. Know. What What's on going earth on? is going on at this hour? We're usually talking politics and we have... So you sound to- like Trump. He said that line. What did he say? When he announced the Muslim man, until we find out what the hell is going on. I didn't say hell. Well, you didn't say hell, but you said what is going on. 
Um, so, Samar, we're going to get into it now. I wanted to, um, this is, I'm now interviewing Samar, my co-host, about uh, Hurricane Ian, what she experienced. Um, Samar uh, lives in Port Charlotte, and she was, uh, she decided to not evacuate when the hurricane came. It's and not, you were there. So just tell me, why did you decide no, to stay? I was and not, telling all my family in Tampa, come to uh, uh, the south. So you didn't leave I, because you thought it was coming to Tampa? Yeah. Why? How, did, was, you, how did you think the, that? Because the news was telling, like, more, showing more Tampa, Tampa, at least, like, uh, uh, it happened when? Uh, Wednesday? Yeah. So up to Monday, let's say. Tuesday or Monday night? Let's say Monday. It was still showing more of Tampa and Tampa here was getting into the mode of emergency. And even WMNF sent an email, I remember, saying, you know, we're going to play it by ear. So I asked my brother, my in-laws to come to Port Charlotte. And then on Tuesday, uh, everybody, it was too late for us to go. I mean, I tried to find hotels, to find anything. And then I thought I'll stay. I want to play Ahmed the, because, you know, the uh, people criticize uh, the Weather Channel because they overplay it and they scare you. And they ask you, you know, go get batteries, go get this, go get that. Of course, when I went, there was nothing to buy except a charger for, uh, I mean, the flashlight needed a charger. So I would go to my car and charge it. But anyways. Well, you got a, ch- a flashlight that needs to be charged? Yeah, or what's the that, point of uh, that? Uh, I thought, okay, my car is full of gas. I can charge it because it's one of these things that you can charge like the, the like the, your phone. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, like your phone. Okay. So, uh, But, you know, at the beginning of the hurricane season, they tell you, okay, go prepare your hurricane kit. I have water, hurricane season I have, is coming. Uh, I have water, I have food, I bought chips, I have canned food, I have Arabic bread. But then you lose electricity and you lose all the Okay, let's food. just back up a minute. You didn't ev- you didn't evacuate no. like many people in that area because you thought it's coming to Tampa, yeah. and by the time they said okay, too it's late. shifting, it was too late yeah. because now it's too late to hit the highway. So you hunkered down, and did you you saw it coming? I guess uh, did you ever? How you know? Did yeah, you ever imagine it's going to get so that bad, or what was no. happening in your mind as you're waiting for it? Did it just hit all of a sudden? Or? The worst part was Tuesday because Tuesday there is nothing. The weather is nice. Okay. And you're waiting. You need it. You want it to start and finish. It's like, you know, you know, you have to have an operation. Yes. And you don't know if you're going to survive it or not, or if you're going to have a stroke after or what. But you really can't keep thinking the whole time, 24 hours a day, every minute, every second. What's going to happen? Just let me do it. Uh So the whole Tuesday, you just come. Then Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes. My friend came to shelter with us, and my brother came all the way from Tampa to be with us. Okay. And it was too late for him to go back. So it's 10. 10 what, in the morning? Okay. It's 11. It's 12. Yeah. It's like, come for God's sake. And then, uh, I mean, I wasn't during Charlie. And people. Charlie is Hurricane Charlie. That yeah, was about 18 years ago. Yeah, 18 years ago. And of course, how many times you one city can be hit with the two hurricanes in less than twenty years? So, 
And I had so many, uh, like in, you know how we have many tornadoes and you think, oh my gosh, this is scary. But this was like too much because I want to play to you. I am inside my house. What are you going to play? Are you going to play something? Yeah, Audio? I'm going to play the, like I stood with my phone. Okay. Uh, behind a window. Yes. And looking at palm trees going like not, at the beginning. Swinging. The, uh, but then... They're only going uh, right. They're bent like mm-hmm. this. Like, I'm not talking two or three. I'm talking four or five of them. And I have a, like an oak tree that's going... It, it's swinging back swinging and forth. Swinging like, I don't know. Okay, so I took this picture, uh, this audio. How are we going to hear this audio right now? Are you going to put it I'm to gonna, the microphone? Yeah, yeah, can't we do that? Hold on. Okay, put the speaker, not the screen, to the mic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening here? Uh, high wind. The noise. The noise. So that noise Seven is just... Seven hours of it. Oh. The whole time. This. So when you are uh, w- uh, looking from the window... And you hear this noise and you see things going from left to right and they're continuously on right going like the tree, the, all the palm trees they are all are, in one direction, in one direction. And you're thinking, okay, this is too much force in one direction and soon it will be my house oh, so, okay. because uh, after like I, I come back after a few minutes because I'm all constantly afraid that the window will break there was you know that you're you didn't have any shutters on no there is pressure like i started to have a headache and then your ears and your nose and your face there is uh, a lot of uh, headache right so because physically the the pressure in the air is actually lower now so i was afraid that the window will blow up okay so i would uh, would just stay like 20 seconds to take, record and then run away to the middle of the house and my husband went to have the, a nap the journalist in almost, you oh. wanted to document what was happening you couldn't yeah. resist was it was there a time when it became really crazy or was it just 7 hours of sustained wind like sustained this sustained wind maybe at 6 p.m. and then okay no electricity from before the storm Oh, before the storm before arrived, the, the electricity yeah. went so out. So it means it's hitting somewhere else. Mm. So you're in the dark. And remember, I was trying to uh, uh, no cell service. And I did have one of these landlines. It's, it stopped working. The ones that you turn with your finger? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or you press or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not wireless. And no net, no cell service. Phones don't work, your cell phone. And only thing sporadically was text. So when the electricity went and there is nothing outside there, you know, okay, there is something not fun, not nice happening. But then when the wind started, so we were waiting for the, uh, what they call it? The eye. The eye. Because to pass over my you. sister-in-law sent me, she says, you're going to have some break. Okay, it's 7 p.m. Now it's getting dark. It's eight, it's nine. So if you are in the middle of a storm and it's this scary, okay, uh, you can't see, it's pitch dark 
And I'm thinking, oh my God, if we lose the roof or if the door opens or because, oh my gosh, the door was another story. So you are like, I'm a very strong human being, I think, especially if there is an, you know, an emergency, um, health emergency, accidents. But with this, it was the first time in my life, Ahmed, I remembered Yawm al Qiyamah, the end of times. Because it's very vividly mentioned in the Quran. And when the word riyah in the Quran is mentioned in many, many positive ways, like it brings seeds, it uh, removes plants from one area to other, it helps you move the ship, it helps you, but it's also to show you the wrath of God and how God can punish a whole group of people. Why, did that, com- why did that come to your mind? Ahmed, we are talking about... 300 and 400 years old oak trees that are gigantic, that even thinking of trimming them cost thousands of dollars, so I would not trim them. Well, you kept and putting was, them off. It was moving, swaying, and then boom, it flipped. Like, mm. And I'm thinking, the house, this house went a hurricane, through a hurricane before that. So anyways, I have this friend with me and my brother and my husband, and uh, they're relaxed and they keep telling me, why do you keep going back and forth from the beginning to the, from like the kitchen where we were staying and then, uh, you know, to the hallway. At at the beginning, all of a sudden, our house door is opening. opening. And I push it and I'm screaming because an engineer friend of mine told me, if the house door is compromised, the pressure is going to go in. What is it going to leave? If you don't Up. go and open. From somewhere. The, it's going to lift the I, house. It's going to lift the house. So it was then that I got scared. Because oh. I could imagine. Yeah. Oh the, ho- the door is about to be breached by yeah. you and know, I'm not afraid because wind. I'm going to lose the house. Mm. Because where are these bricks going to go? Mm. So we immediately, because, you know, we were watching TV for two days, they said, you have to pick a room. So immediately I got all my dumbbells uh, and it wasn't enough. And we had the, what the, the tarp wasn't enough. Five bags of sand was not enough. And Ali was holding the door. My friend was holding the door and my husband and I are running, getting all these things. And then we had to bring furniture. Still, there was wind blowing and water. I mean, I have no idea where this water was coming from the ground, from the, like the whole uh, w- wood. Of it seems the like you're door. under attack and you're it's, trying to, to, to brace, you know, to, yeah, to stop because, the army from coming in. Because the, uh, because the, this engineer told me that piece of fact. That might have saved your life. And saved the house. Yeah, but I I think, yeah. And then in the middle of all this, my husband goes and he says, I'm going to take a nap. And there are like three palm trees that can easily just fall on him. He just said he'd rather sleep than go through this nightmare. And he went and I came to the bedroom. He says, I really would like to take a picture of you because you look crazy, Summer. said, get up. Get up and let's all be in one room. Uh-huh. We either die together, but I'm not going to risk my life and come pick you from the... When did the wind start, stop? 9.30. In the morning? At night. At night. There was and calm. Did, were you able to no, go outside? there was rain. Oh, rain, okay. okay. No, of course not. Mm. 
No, no, no. It kept raining. I've never seen Did rain. your area get flooded? Uh, yes, not our not house. Not your house. But the pool almost was full. Outside, you had like lakes, <laughs> valleys. <laughs> you could, but not uh, to the level of the house. But when I opened the door in the morning, mm-hmm. I could not help but tear up. Oh, why? The, the amount of destruction, the uh, the unbelievable six billion uh, uh, shrubs and uh, palm trees, and then like twenty five. What were you? Palm what were you sad about? That you lost trees? No, no. Should, I mean, wouldn't you be happy you're alive? The, you know, you're you're controlling yourself for seven hours. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be composed, and I have to make dinner for my guests. And we're eating, and we're trying to. Um, I was trying to get WMNF, and I wasn't getting reception. So we get some stations, and in the middle of they are telling us, okay, where it's flooded, what you can do, what you cannot do, and then comes the uh, advertising for some car, and you know. So you are going through so many emotions, and went through so many emotions. And I told you, I was remembering the day of judgment. Like <laughs> you know, you make fun of these descriptions that they sound silly. Oh, the wind is going to have a noise that will really, really affect you. Yeah, it affected me, the wind, the noise. The noise is weird. It's like a train coming to you the whole time and it's it's not reaching the station. Mm. You just want to get over with it. So seven hours and then we missed the eye. That's what happened. We oh, missed the eye. So that's why you had seven hours, exactly. no break. No break. Uh, Summer, actually, I'm joined by a relief organization um, who's doing... Uh, who responded to the hurricane and uh, had people on the ground there in the aftermath. Um, um, one of their members, Abdullah Shauki of Islamic Relief USA, is uh, joining us um, and to talk about some of the work that they're doing in the aftermath there. Welcome to True Talk, Abdullah. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, your What is your... Um, you're leading which division at Islamic Relief? So I am the uh, the the uh, manager for the disaster management team at uh, Islamic Relief USA. Okay, so uh, did you guys respond to the Hurricane Ian? Yeah, we did actually. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, and uh, I guess uh, uh, good uh, good morning or afternoon. To uh, good morning. I was listening. Uh, I'm, I'm joining you guys from Dallas, Texas, so that's why I have no idea what. <laughs> oh, okay. What time it's still at. morning here. We're, you know, it's 11:40. We're gotcha. Yeah, 12 minutes uh, before. Okay, so yeah, we're about an hour hour behind you guys, but uh, yeah, we um, you know uh, I've been. Uh, with Islamic Relief now for nine years, working um, primarily in, in the disaster uh, uh, relief team, and have been uh, uh, given the opportunity to travel and 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 to respond to disasters and help communities in need. And so, when um, uh, you know, surprisingly enough, this year um, uh, early on, uh, the, the national Weather Service uh, and the hurricane centers had predicted a pretty intense storm season this year. And so, you know, we were kind of prepared for that. Um, and, you know, summer came and went and uh, we kind of looked like we we had dodged a bullet uh, in terms of, of, of the country. Uh, and, and we thought, man, you know, we, we, we might have we might have gotten out of this one and, and lucked out. Sure enough, 
sure enough, as soon as uh, you know, end of September came around, we we saw Hurricane uh, uh, Fiona spin up and 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 hit Puerto Rico pretty hard. And so we actually were in the process of of get, mounting our response for Hurricane Fiona. And um, but you know, immediately as that was happening, the uh, the, the the National Weather uh, Service had predicted this storm spinning up and um and and rapidly intensifying and crossing over the gulf and, and and hitting florida so we knew uh from from almost a week prior to prepare for some type of major event in in florida and um you know i was listening in uh, earlier to um your guest and uh, you guys talking about how everyone was prepared for this thing to hit tampa yeah and, and we all you know i think everybody was prepared for that and and uh you know Knowing what I know through my experience and stuff, these storms, uh, you know, to some degree can be predicted, but they're unpredictable in their in, in their eventual outcomes. And so we all saw that turn. We all saw that uh, that small, tiny little just deviation in the storm path, which protect, protected Tampa, but unfortunately has devastated um, uh, southern Florida and the, and the s southeast right. coast, I guess. And, um, when did your yeah, so, team arrive there to see the aftermath? So, so we arrived. Um, we were on the ground on October second, so just a few days after the the storm had hit. Um, when it became and, more safe to actually be able to get in there, uh, water was receding and stuff. And can you right. just tell us like what you saw, what kind of damage? Yeah. So, so primarily, what we do um, again, we work through um, a national network of volunteer organizations that, that do this type of work. There is a national um, uh, umbrella organization called VOAD, which stands for Volunteer Organizations Active in Disaster. And so this is basically a, a cadre of all the disaster response organizations, uh, both national and local, um, that, that come together and, and work through this network to provide assistance after, after you know, major mm -hmm. disasters. And so, uh, you know, we we don't we don't just show up and and uh, and decide to do work. We we work again through that that network. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we usually wait uh, a few days or so uh, for first responders to go in, do the search and rescue, um, and and kind of stabilize the situation because we don't want to show up and add to the the problem the, the problems right the stresses that that are that are happening right. There's limited food, limited resources limited electricity, that sort of stuff. So we wait a little bit until that's it, that those areas are stabilized. And then we go in and, and start doing our work. So so again, we, we deployed, um, uh, we hit the ground on October 2nd, uh, actually arrived in Tampa. And uh, our base of operations was in Tampa because there was no electricity, there was no um, uh, adequate access to water, and of course, no, no lodging to speak of, um, you know, further south. Uh, anything really beyond Sarasota and and further south was was just you know unavailable. So we actually had to make that trek every day from Tampa and drive down to Fort Myers and uh, Punta Gorda and Cape Coral and and some of these other uh, areas that I I don't recall. Uh, again, I'm not local, so I don't know all, all right. the areas. But Punta Gorda. You yeah. came to the mosque in Punta Gorda and we, offered food and help and amazing work that absolutely. you did, guys. Oh, you summer, you saw some of this activity. Uh, yes, because uh, as the, he was saying, we c you couldn't actually access the mosque for a couple of days because it was all uh, underwater. Now there's a mosque in Punta Gorda and a mosque in Port Charlotte. Sorry, not Punta Gorda in uh, Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Port Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 
And so, yeah, so we, we um, you know, immediately after the storm, we had our um, our local staff member, um, Muhammad Qanawati, who actually works in our fundraising department, but lives in Orlando. Um, he immediately uh, hit the ground before we did. He was there a couple, um, I think a day or two before. Um, and we quickly mobilized and got some hot meals together and started distributing them to the um, to the, uh, you know, just local communities there. Um, and again, we are Islamic Relief, but our our uh, mission is to support all uh, individuals in need, regardless of their uh, race or creed or, or what have you. So uh, when we do these distributions, when we come in and support, we're supporting the general community, not just the Muslim community. So we distributed, you know, hot meals um, while the rest of the disaster team and uh, staff and volunteers were assembling to come down and uh, and to provide additional support. So our main our main function when we uh, landed there was um, it's a very mission critical thing when it comes to disaster response and it's done in coordination with the American Red Cross and it's something called disaster assessments. Mm. Um, and this is literally having teams on the ground canvassing neighborhoods street by street, house by house, and assigning different damage classifications to each home that is that is visually assessed because there's only so much information you can you can gain from a satellite image or, or even a you know an aircraft flyover you have to really have boots on the ground to fully understand the scale of, of the disaster the severity um the 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 heavy pockets of damage where they've occurred and where the needs are um uh in these in these neighborhoods especially with a with a, a disaster of this scale where you know so many homes and communities have been impacted um there needs to be a, a you know more uh detailed uh, information coming in um so that red cross and fema and and all these national players um including ourselves can can be able to understand what the needs are and again to mount an effective and appropriate response so um so our teams did just that which is something we've done for years and and we've gone you know we went into these uh, communities and and began, you know, assessing and observing and seeing what was going on. And we, uh, you and know, what, saw what some, are, I mean, what are some of the things that you guys saw? It's just, you know, have so, you seen something like this before? Was, uh, what was the devastation like? Yeah. So in my, in my experience, again, I'm, I'm this uh, most seasoned uh, team member, but, uh, on the disaster team and, and, and in Islamic relief in general, when it comes to these kind of things. And so, uh, for me, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of this stuff before. I've seen wind damage. I've seen mm. downed trees. I've seen uh, flooding and, and, and you know, intense rains and things like that. What I have never seen uh, in, my, in my time here is um, the devastation by the storm surge. I've, I've mm. never seen storm surge damage like this before. Um, this was, to me, was just absolutely unprecedented. I've never in my life have, have been to a disaster site and seen... Um, uh, you know, th th just these, you know, we were in um, just driving down to get to the Fort Myers uh, masjid. And, and uh, I remember, uh, and I don't remember the exact uh, road uh, to get there, but there's this causeway or something that you drive over um, and, and you drive over this, this body of water. And I remember we were getting to the other side and there's a there's like a joe's crab shack or something on the other side there and you guys might maybe know what i'm talking about but there's clearly a uh there's a community that uh you know and there and, and there's these boats that are docked there and you know it looked like it was you know a a, a community that uh is is 
used to having, you know, fun on the water and stuff like that. And and I remember driving over those causeway and seeing these massive, huge yachts and boats just, they were just tossed all over the place and not in the water. They were all on land. And and it looked like something. I have a four-year-old daughter, and when she goes into her room and, and plays with her toys and leaves, uh, that's the image that I saw. Was just these these mm. massive, you know, several several ton um, uh, vessels know, and things that are just uh, all, scattered. Yeah, yeah, and they're all on land. They're all on top of each it other. It sounds like an end of times kind mm-hmm. of scene that you're describing. But I want to tell you, Abdullah, uh, we'll probably have you uh, back on, bec- uh, you know, later because we're running out of time. But how can people find out more about your Work and uh, support, you know, uh, get, get involved or help the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to join you guys anytime and to discuss this in, in greater detail. Um, but for now, for the sake of time, if, if anybody would like to support um, our, our efforts, you can always visit www.irusa.org. Again, it's www.irusa.org. And uh, we actually launched an emergency uh, campaign as soon as uh, both Fiona and Ian hit. And so uh, on our landing page, you'll, that's one of the first things that will pop up to support relief efforts for Ian. Or if you know viewers also want to support uh, relief efforts in Fiona, uh, we did deploy there as well. Um, and so uh, just a quick uh, synopsis. Again, we, we provided that uh, disaster assessment support. Uh, we've shipped uh, flood cleanup buckets to uh, communities there. We have about a thousand uh, flood buckets that are on their way uh, to support communities with cleanup efforts. We did provide hot meals mm-hmm. and um, and we're also looking to, to provide long-term recovery support. Um, we're not just a touch and go organization, especially with something this, this large and this massive. We are uh, looking at, at uh, long-term recovery and seeing how we can come back and uh, provide that, uh, that recovery support to help people not only clean up, but rebuild and to try and get uh, back to pre-disaster status. So these are plans that we're putting in place. And so any any support um, uh, or donations given to us will help with those long-term recovery efforts so that we can support these communities to get back. I want to thank you, brother, because I was one of the people who were uh, affected by the hurricane, but also uh, enjoyed the generosity of your hot meals, Ahmed. They were bringing them every single day from Tampa, a variety of different cuisines. And sometimes uh, it takes like three and four and five hours to reach Port Charlotte and the rest of the, because of the uh, crowdness on the highway. So thank you, brother. It was so good to know that there are people um, outside the community who care and are uh, helping so from the bottom of my heart thank you well, thank you uh, Abdullah Shoki from Islamic Relief USA again their website is irusa.org some are uh, were out of just, time just want to mention uh, uh, a verse in the Quran it says in, uh, in the Quran it says the wind has a noise mm. a violent noise and that's what I want but to I think say. that talks about a community that were <laughs> No, but in general, that were destroyed. Yeah, but the wind has noise. Yeah. And that's what I was okay, trying Okay, we'll talk to. about that some more, I think. This is WMNF Tampa and PR News is next. Have a great weekend.